the first crypto game chart sheet at the end of 2017, so less than three <laughs> years ago. So, yep, just give it a little more time because always a great team, great product. It takes a little bit of time to to all infuse and it will come. And we really, we hope uh, what we are building with Sandbox will be part of that wave of the great games that bring that kind of million of users to the, the, be interested in trying and playing the product. Everyone, this is Adam Levy today. This is just me. I did a solo interview of Sebastian Bourget and Nathan Sexaire. Yes, they're two French gentlemen who are involved with the sandbox game. And this game, honestly, like I know that Brent and Kareem are kind of very, you know, like they want to be, you know, like, does this suck? Does this, is this good? I want to prod these people. I'm a little more easygoing with that, but I will say that you can definitely see in here that I love this project. I think it's pretty cool. What they're doing seems to be, I mean, they seem to be very calculated and kind of have great vision. For the project, we talked about NFTs. We talked about just kind of what voxel gaming is. And uh, we just, you know, had a good, friendly conversation regarding the sandbox game. So, yeah, check it out. And, yeah, just uh, like and subscribe. Hit up the Patreon. You know, all that. Cheers. All right. Hello, everyone. This is Adam Ruthless Levy, and welcome to the Crypto Basic Podcast. Today, we actually have two guests on. We are interviewing Sebastian Bourget. He is the COO and co-founder at Pixel and The Sandbox, which is a sweet new game coming out. And then we also have Nathan Sexair, where I hope I got that uh, the last name right. But he is the uh, head of growth and marketing also at the Sandbox Game. Uh, hello, how are you two doing? Well, thank you. Thank you, Adam, for having us tonight. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, Adam. Glad to be here. Yeah. So I've actually been kind of, you know, doing a little bit of research. And the Sandbox, if you kind of, I mean, if we just want to, actually, first, Sebastian, you know, I kind of just wanted to let the listeners kind of know who you are and, you know, kind of your background. Maybe if you and Nathan, if you just want to go through that too, and then we can kind of get into the meat of it. Of course. So, hey, my name is Sebastian Bourget. I'm the CEO and co-founder of uh, The Sandbox. The Sandbox is a decentralized virtual world where players can make 3D voxel assets and game experience and monetize them on the blockchain through uh, non-fungible tokens and our cryptocurrency send. Uh, Sandbox is also my fourth company. Uh, I started about, oh, wow, already 15 years ago with uh, my CEO and partner, co-founder, Arthur Madrid. We did the first company involving peer-to-peer technology, so one of the first applications from decentralization. We sold that company two years later to a CDN. Then we launched one of the first uh, online media, photo, video, and music streaming in the cloud where you upload your files and play them from anywhere. Sold that company two years after as well, after having thousands of monthly subscribers. And in 
At the beginning of uh, 2011, we started Pixel, which was, uh, it still is a mobile game studio focused on making builder games, essentially with IPs like Garfield, Goosebumps, Snoopy, The Addams Family, and also the main um, developer of the Sandbox uh, original mobile game that started in 2012. This company cool. was acquired by Nimoca Brands in 2018, and now it's been over two years that we started working on this new sandbox in 3D, which is the blockchain version of uh, the IP. Oh, that's awesome. I actually, so I downloaded the sandbox on my phone yesterday to cool. kind of try it out. I, I didn't realize that, I actually didn't realize that there was a previous game, to like a sandbox 3D. I saw, I looked at the trailer, and it looks pretty cool, but... I, I didn't realize that this was actually been around for a while with mobile gaming and it was cool. I, I could, you know, there were so many different games that I could play within the sandbox on my phone itself. And uh, yeah, it seems interesting. And uh, Nathan, do you just want to kind of go a little bit about uh, your background and yeah. Yeah, sure. So myself, I'm coming more from a, a financial and also blockchain background since I've worked also at Consensus for about two years, where I was uh, developing a fintech startup called Variable. So we were doing derivatives on Ethereum, so doing, again, DeFi before you know it was really famous. And after two years spending uh, my time at Consensus doing uh, marketing, among other, ta- you know, other things, I uh, met Sebastian at HCC, so the conference I organized also with my association, uh, Ethereum France, which I'm a uh, vice president as well. And so I joined uh, after that, I quit consensus and joined uh, the Sandbox about a bit less than a year ago. Uh, so leading uh, marketing and growth since then. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, both of your backgrounds far surpassed mine. That's pretty cool. Uh, glad to have you on. Um, so I have, I have one question, a couple questions right off the bat so that we can kind of... Uh, help the listeners out and, and maybe, you know, meet at some point, understand kind of a, you, you said a phrase called a uh, Sebastian called voxel gaming. And I haven't really heard that much in the crypto space yet. So I'm curious if you just want to explain kind of what that is. Yes. So, well, as you mentioned, you install our previous version of the game, uh, which was 2D. So you play, you create game this time, like with this retro 2D uh, Super Nintendo style uh, in pixel art. Voxels essentially is like the 3D version of a pixel. It's just a cube. And we like to speak about voxel because we this is the aesthetics that we have applied in our game. So we provide on our platform a voxel editor that lets you create 3D uh, game assets with those blocks and animate them. And uh, the game maker and game platform that use those 3D voxel assets to actually put them in game experience where you can actually create a game, create all sorts of things within the land without any programming skills. So just like uh, the regular mobile franchise, we are really keen to keep that spirit of making uh, your own creation and games and worlds as accessible as possible without any prerequisite into like uh, knowing how games work or any programming or things like that and being straight into the fun, uh, enjoying your creation, either alone or now with this new version is going to be massively multiplayer, which is one of the key differences with the original IP you tried. 
Wow. And uh, beside that, uh, one thing I didn't mention in the introduction, I'm also now the new president of the Blockchain Game Alliance. So it's a non-profit organization that has over 100 members, including Ubisoft, IMD, Consensus, uh, Square Enix, and many other blockchain games company, which is focused into promoting the adoption of blockchain technology within the video gaming industry. So I'm oh. using... Uh, working on the both front to make uh, blockchain technology more accessible and more adopted through games. You are speaking my language. Being, uh, I, I like hearing that uh, there is an alliance for gaming within the blockchain space. I'm a big gamer. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm really looking forward to just seeing all the awesome games that come out. I feel like we staggered a little bit. You know, I think they said 2018 was supposed to be the year of gaming mm-hmm. for blockchain, but I think we're all a little, a little ahead of ourselves. The Sandbox 3D, though, it sounds really cool. But, you know, I, I think a large part of sometimes at least, I mean, seems like kind of has like a Minecraft feel to it to an extent. Sure. And and when I would open Minecraft, it seemed a little daunting. But the fact that I can just kind of go into this and just I don't have to deal with the the technical side of it, and I can just build stuff without mm-hmm. knowing much about that. That sounds great. Um, well, that's exactly yeah. the point. Like I think, like for blockchain game to succeed, they have to be fun as game first, and you should almost ignore that there's a blockchain component behind. Only if you get really hooked into the game, and you can see. Uh, you can enjoy specific benefits like the ownership offered by the NFTs, capacity to monetize your time, your creation, your content, your game item. And then you're hooked into this play-to-earn model. And that's, I believe, the right way for possible adoption. That's awesome. So I do want to uh, kind of you did mention something called NFTs and we have mentioned those on uh, the podcast here and there, and it's called non fungible token. But if you, uh, if you could kind of also just kind of explain a little bit, I'm sure you could do it more eloquently than I can, because I I know that it 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 deals a lot with the game assets and stuff. Right. Uh, I'll try. So I'm sure all the listeners are familiar with Bitcoin and Ethereum. Both of them as cryptocurrency are fungible tokens, meaning like, one Bitcoin and another Bitcoin are essentially the same. They can be interchanged and there's no difference between each other. And they are divisible. So you can have one Bitcoin or you can have like 0.0001 up till 18 decimals and it's still valuable. Non-fungible tokens are kind of like the opposite. Each token is unique. And as such, if I have a gold sword and a Silver Sword, those are two different items that are each represented by a token, and I cannot interchange them because they potentially don't have the same attribute, not the same skills, and not the same value. Also, yeah. I cannot divide uh, one sword into like 0.0001 parts. I have either 0, 1, or many. So that's the idea behind non-fungible tokens. Uh, gaming is not the only application of NFTs. You can have like ticket concerts and a few other uh, amazing things that are now built using uh, NFTs. and, and uh, But NFTs started with gaming through a game called CryptoPunks and then the CryptoKitties using the ERC721 standard and is now uh, becoming with the new ERC1155 standard, which we contributed to together with Horizon Games and Engine uh, to become the de facto standard for game items, which have like millions of copies uh, so the high square city that's awesome 
Yeah, we, we actually have our own engine tokens to our Patreon members that we minted to give out to or like, you know, like and um, I funny enough, I saw the Crypto Kitties craze uh, happening and I decided I was going to purchase some. Uh, I don't remember how much I spent. on. I didn't spend a lot much. I know that they spent that oh, when it was it, people were paying uh, six figures, you know, USD for some crypto kitties and i had i had a little funny story that i i bought one and i thought that you know once you had it you couldn't change the name ever like once you like you generated one or like it was born you couldn't change the name once you changed it so i made mine vitalik kitterin and i thought oh wow this one it's like one of the first gen generation ones it's going to be worth so much. And then I realized that like you could just change the name every single time. And I was disappointed, but it's pretty cool. I, I think it's a pretty cool use case. Yeah, I think so as well. And you pointed your finger right on one of the key issue around NFTs. Is like, how do you create a system where those NFTs are actually valuable beyond just their scarcity or like generation zero? And we think like having a real utility within a game, meaning like this character is going to be more powerful uh, if you're playing an RPG or those cards inside the TCG or within sandbox world, uh, having like great enemies, uh, uh, a more powerful hero is actually uh, making this item uh, more interesting, both from a game creator perspective, but also from a player perspective. And as such, increase the, the value. Also, so, NFTs are interoperable across many games. So potentially you can reuse it, uh, not only in Sandbox, not only in CryptoKitties, but in other uh, games, which I think provide them more value on the long term is, and is one of the benefits of this of using decentralized technology. That, to me, kind of, it's hard for me to wrap my head around that. You know, the fact that I could get something in Sandbox and then feasibly take it to Fortnite and play, you know, using like an axe that I made in like the voxel, you know, in the 3D kind of kit. And then just, I would like to see more, uh, learn, or yeah, I haven't, is that possible yet? Or it's like, it no, will be? Uh, I mean, not yet, but uh, that's actually the beauty of having, you know, standards and, and building on, on top of standards that, uh, that exist and that are, that are uh, widespread among a community. And that's also the beauty of the Ethereum blockchain and, you know, its community of uh, also developers and uh, the way they interact between each other. Uh, so not only developers, by the way, but also applications. So we do see, you know, some interoperability already. Like uh, when you, I mean, with your crypto kitties, you could do, you know, crypto races. Not sure if you've seen that, but you could use oh, your no. key into other games. So that's a, a, a silly example, but still is, is very powerful because NFT is not about only digital scarcity, but also it's about ownership, true ownership. The fact that you own it and we cannot do anything about that and that you could actually use it somewhere else. So actually if, uh, Daper Labs, the company behind CryptoKitties, would you know disappear for a, a reason or another. You would still have your CryptoKitty, and a, a team of developer could actually build another service that would use those CryptoKitties, use those NFTs to build something on top of that, and using you know the data that is included into your CryptoKitty. So of course NFTs have limitations, like you know the the pictures are not included into the token and stuff like that, but you can still you know, use services like we do, like IPFS to host your pictures in a decentralized way and stuff like that. So anyway, yeah. 
That's pretty awesome. Or even going further into decentralization and storing all data on chain, like Avastar, Pixel Chain, or some project that even the image is actually inside the token. So it can exist, it will exist forever yeah. and keep its visual representation there. Well, see, wow, you're making me realize that NFTs are not going anywhere. Well, literally, but also they are just, you know, they're, it's far, it seems like this is a great innovation of, uh, that's happened with Ethereum, right? Like, I feel, I feel like, yeah. it, I don't think we've, we've really, we, we definitely have mentioned it on the podcast, but I don't think we've actually just dedicated, you know, a lot of time to just talking about how this has really been, you know, kind of something that you didn't foresee happening when, when Ethereum was created. And I think that's pretty cool. True, yeah. Um, it's very similar yeah, with user-generated content and the idea of like a community that takes uh, yes. ownership and participate in contributing to a product up to the level where they are building new layer of services and, and components to this layer that were not imagined, maybe not imagined by the core team that build the product. And we tend to have the same vision for Sandbox. We are providing tools, we're providing content, we're going to provide the game maker to create games, but we are really uh, enthusiastic that some committee members already have projects to build their own DAO, their own community, their own business model on top of our land and game platform. So that's really amazing and exciting. I saw uh, you actually had a bunch of partners already, and one of them that really stuck out to me was Atari, which I haven't really heard much from for a long time. And it mm -hmm. said, so I just want to, it said that, Players will be able to play versions of Roller Coaster Tycoon or Asteroids in a 3D voxel look, and that that's just awesome. That that's really cool. And Pong as well. Oh, Pong! Wow, yeah. that that'll be cool. So the, the, I think Atari as a video game company, it's one of the pioneers of video game industry. It yeah. Started in the 80s, and they really um, been all along those different wave of uh, gaming, console gaming, mobile gaming, etc. And they are now the pioneers to build games with us within our metaverse. So into this next generation of decentralized virtual world where uh, players can come, can own the content, can play together in a social multiplayer experience. And I do believe it's going to be really fun that uh, inside our land, we are going to have like this Atari theme park where Players can come, they can socialize, can chat with each other, and then they can play as well those uh, rides, participate into the roller coaster tycoon park, and uh, play also voxel version of the retro game. And uh, I like to say, like Atari is just one step forward. This big vision we have, and we already have engaged big game companies, uh, traditional game companies as well, to build on our platform. And soon will it will be announced probably soon. Oh, that's great news! I like to hear that. So let's say that you actually before that question, I actually wanted to what are uh, what are some of the most so when you, you mentioned NFTs with enemies and stuff, um, and so you, what you're saying is that if let's say you you create a game or something and there's an enemy that's kind of like within the game like that would be an nft that would be valuable and have different you know and someone could purchase it if they wanted is that what yeah. you were saying so maybe i can uh, i can go uh, a step back and, and explain it a, a little bit like the flow uh, that we have within the sandbox so we basically have you know three main products uh, one is the voxelid that said mentioned 
yeah, meant to create Voxel assets that you can already download. It's free, and you, anyone can create their Voxel asset, right? Cool. The second step is that you know uh, anyone can upload those assets created on the marketplace, so for people to buy and and sell actually. Uh, and the third step is you know the game maker, so the place, the client that people will use to actually create games using those assets previously created, right? Um, so actually, those assets are NFTs and will be used by game creators to create experiences and games with those assets. So those assets will be non-fungible tokens and you will have you know, in-game assets, like all assets within the game will not be NFTs, but a lot of them will be, and will be those assets will be the one that you will be able to monetize and take out of the game, or even you know, import NFTs from other games within your game as well, potentially. So yeah, that's if I answered your question. Yeah, so what you're saying is that game developers within like will be making NFTs, but also the users, the the regular yeah. players will be creating NFTs and then it'll just be this massive marketplace. Exactly. Or awesome. just using NFTs from others, yes. Cool. And one thing that I saw was that there was a pre-sale for I think it's called land, like all caps. I think that is that essentially the coin that you're like the kind of yeah. uh, or how you use it. I'm not so, yeah, I don't know if it's a coin or, uh, yeah. but you can explain. It's but... an NFT as well. So, lands are ERC721 NFTs. Uh, each land parcel is a unique token with its own coordinate. And um, uh, using ERC721 standards, we have released progressive, we have a total map with um, a limited supply of lands, 166, 464 in total. And we indeed started to pre-sell in different rounds some parts of it. We started in December 2019, pre-selling 2.5% of the map. Then again in February, uh, selling 5%. And more recently, end of March, 10%. And each of those rounds was uh, sold out rather rapidly, like within a couple of hours, usually one, two hours, five hours. And by the end of the day of our pre-sale, we always had happy landowners that already bought everything that was made available at that moment. Wow. It's been quite successful so far, yes. Uh, just, to, just to provide some kind of stats, it said it was thirty around 3,400 ETH that was sold, which was around 450K USD at the time. Uh, like you said, 10% of the map. And I heard there's a fourth pre-sale coming up at some point. And I'm going to be, I'm kind of pumped. I, I didn't know about this project during, you know, and, and now uh, you guys reach out. And uh, I think this is pretty cool, pretty enjoyable to see how it goes. All the possibilities that uh, we are going to offer. That's great. Um, so I, I have a question. The other, of, I guess, voxel gaming or, or kind of game that I saw that was similar in the blockchain space was Decentraland. And I was curious if there's, you know, like what are the differences or because I remember I purchased it, but it didn't really seem like I could do as much like that much with the the game of Decentraland. I don't know if, if uh, who wants to answer that. You know? Yeah, maybe I can take it. Uh, so we were taking so indeed we're sim we take a similar approach, but uh, in a different way. So uh, they're focusing on VR. We are not. Uh, we are very much focused oh. on allowing anyone to create, you know, assets and games in the most, you know, user-friendly manner. 
So we want to allow anyone really to create games and, and assets and not in a VR way, but really about, it will be about gaming experiences. Cool. Um, that's, that, that's the main difference. I, I didn't realize that it was VR versus, uh, you know, just normal PC, whatever, which, which I personally think is better. Uh, I don't think VR for me is, is I, it hurts my neck. I don't know. It's like a very simple thing. Every time I put on anything with VR, it's just like, I just, it's uncomfortable. It's clearly a different way of to immerse yourself. You can play yeah. the Decentraland without VR. I think like they just, we, we have different positioning. Like they tend to be more this kind of second life virtual world where it's one giant persistent map where you can cross it from one place to another and you see all the players at the same time and they are offering different uh, value proposition to their community and user, essentially creating in the space like the virtual meetup, festivals, art galleries, uh, casinos, etc. But not necessarily playing game together in a sense of like how you're playing an MMORPG game and you have a, an avatar character that needs complete specific quest based on its culture, its faction, and you play with, you either collaborate or compete with other players to advance through all our series of different UGC games that are on our platform. So I think both aspects are interesting and our um, Decentraland has been really successful. As you mentioned, it's one of the most known projects. They launched their beta version and I've been really excited to participate and play uh, in the metaverse of Decentraland. And I do believe that many uh, metaverse projects will succeed. There will be many winners and we should build a metaverse that where all the virtual worlds have no frontiers, where users can trade their digital goods, their digital assets, no matter where uh, where they start it. That can be that will prove like the full benefit of blockchain technology behind. That that's that's cool. I, I I love hearing that, and and the word metaverse is just a cool ring to it. I like hearing that metaverses are being created. So. I'm actually curious, besides, you know, the sandbox, what are some of the more interesting games that you've found, blockchain games that you've found that you have played over the past few years? I tried to play Gods Unchained, but I had some weird thing where no matter what, I have a PC, I have a Mac, no matter what, if I try to use it and log on, it doesn't work. I don't understand. Maybe my IP block, my IP is blocked. I don't really understand. It just stays there. So it's a little disappointing, but that I'm a, I'm a card player. So I'm curious what, uh, you know, if you mm. two have uh, found any good games. In card, in card games, you have also Virtue Poker, which is a project developed by Consensus uh, that does a poker game. If you like card game, that that one you can try. It's in beta mode, I think, and they've done an ICO a couple of uh, years ago. And I think you you also have like a, a couple of good ones like Axie Infinity among others, Crypto Wars as well. Axie Infinity they developed a mobile game for uh, also like a small creators you can uh, you can fight like on. Uh, they're pretty cool and fun game. And yeah, uh, you you have a couple. Uh, maybe Sebastian, you have other ideas. Yes, yes. So, but as part of being president of Blockchain Game Alliance, I can see a lot of projects from our members. There's many games that are finally eating market this year. So it's true, like from the 2018 wave and now there's been some downtime on the market where no new game we're launching. The main reason is like it takes time to build great game and it takes yeah. even more time to add interesting, compelling uh, features behind related to NFT, play to word, PVP, etc. 
So Axie Infinity is a game indeed where you can breed creatures and fight them. Uh, it, uh, it has a very active community. Uh, in the TCG game, so you mentioned uh, Golden Chain, there's also uh, Skyweaver by Horizon Games, which is uh, also quite interesting and using the ERC-1155 standard. Um, you have Crypto Wars that launched its V2. You have Formula One Delta Time, which is like a, a like management game for racing with F1 card. You manage oh, your different top part. Right, and you participate in time trials on races and you can win actually tokens and prizes based on your performance and ranking. That's really interesting. You have uh, many RPG uh, built on the engine platform that are coming to market. And when you see the graphics of those games, like it's, you wouldn't think it's, those are specifically blockchain games anymore. They just look and feel traditional game. And I think that's it's essentially uh, where the market is moving and that's how the adoption will be coming from because those games are going to appeal to regular gamer and there will be less uh, kind of like friction or um, wrong association of ideas related to whether because it's a blockchain game I have to use cryptocurrency, it's going to be expensive or it's yeah. difficult to enter. No, those are just regular games like you play on your console, your mobile game now, or PC. They are fun, they are accessible, and they are beautiful. So that's... Uh, uh, 2020 and maybe 2021 are key uh, industry moment defining for that. You made me think of a quote by the, uh, I think uh, Joey Krug, he was like the co-founder of Augur. And he said that this, that when Augur launched last year, maybe two years ago, that this was basically like 1994 of the internet compared to, you know, like comparing blockchain to that, you know, and like what you're saying with gaming, it's going to take time. It's taking time and and you need to have games that are legitimately good. They're, yeah, they're not, they're not a blockchain game. They're just a good game itself. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like it's very similar to, of course, the internet and you can compare like, uh, like in the 90s, there was like 30 million wallets and now there's uh, almost 30 million email address, etc. But also just looking at game, like mobile game, uh, it took like two years, three years from the date like the uh, iPhone and uh, Android phones appeared to get to the first Angry Birds. And when Angry Birds appeared, <laughs> that's really the moment where, oh, wow, casual game on mobile are cool, they are fun, just literally millions of users uh, downloading it and playing those little games. And from Angry Birds, so three years from launching uh, smartphones, Angry Birds, and now you play Fortnite on your mobile phone and it looks better than your console or your PC. And, and we are like eight years later in the industry. If you look at blockchain and crypto, it became really mainstream. Ethereum started like, what, five years ago? Uh, the first crypto game started at the end of 2017, so less than three <laughs> years ago. So, yep, just give it a little more time because always a great team, great product. It takes a little bit of time to to all infuse, and it will come. And we really we hope uh, what we are building with Sandbox will be part of that wave of the great games that bring that kind of million of users to the, the, be interested in trying and playing the products. I hope so. I think it's a really cool idea. Also, kind of, you mentioned Engine earlier, and I thought it was interesting that Engine, before they came out with their their own coin, like, you know, two years ago, I'm a big fan of, of the coin. I realized that they had a community 
for years already. You know, I think there was a forum or, or something. Yeah. Basically, they had like we were three million people. servers initially. Oh wow, that's that I did not know that. That's cool. Um, but to to go back to Sandbox, you already have you know all these people playing and building kind of the world of Sandbox games on the mo- on the mobile device, which seems great to me. Yeah, it, it is. is. There is like this opportunity, of course, to attract this initial uh, user base. And I think the, the idea itself of creating the sandbox comes from the, re- the, uh, the realization that, you know, our past users ha- like were facing this, this issue, that they could not do anything with their assets outside of our game. And that if, you know, uh, and that's also what we're experiencing right now, like we're moving to another new game. So... We're not, you know, maintaining the game as uh, we used to. Yeah. I mean, we, the, the company, used to. So uh, they're starting to feel uh, as well this that the fact that if we uh, disappear, their assets disappear as well, which is not going to be the case for the game that we're building. So that makes even more sense to them. So indeed, we, we have, you know, this initial a community that we can uh, leverage. So we have more than 11,000 people on our Discord. We have a lot of followers on our social media. So of course that will help. But yeah, it, it's, a, it's still a different target. You know, it's, it was a mobile game. Uh, we're doing a desktop blockchain game. So there is still a gap, but uh, of course we're, we have this huge potential of you know, attracting this community to existing community to the, to the game. So to clarify, if you create assets within the mobile game, like you create a game or whatever, just whatever you're creating within the game, you will be able to transfer it to or use it in the Sandbox 3D desktop game, correct? Yes, that's the idea. And also play it on mobile. It's going to be multi-platform. The game maker tool is on PC and Mac, but the game player is going to be literally on multiple platforms. Awesome. Uh, will will this be available? Uh, actually, I guess that's probably when you say platforms. You got me thinking: Is it going to be available on Xbox? Is it going? But I don't think that that uh, blockchain is necessarily going to be available on consoles yet. I kind of answered that question myself. I assume, right? We'll, we'll see. Like, who knows how the future evolves? We already know there's big gaming company like Ubisoft, etc., Square Enix that are looking at blockchain with a novel eye, and they are looking how the technology can be integrated. And as long as uh, you do it by complying with a specific, sometimes a bit restrictive rules that the existing platforms uh, put in place, we've seen games that are uh, used to this technology and were able to run already on the App Store and Google Play Store. And so who knows, like the first console platform that decides to accept the idea that game items can be traded between users outside of the game is going potentially to become the winner in the space and it will have like competitive advantage for player there. So um, I don't think it's unrealistic to think that one of them will consider it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Everything you're saying is just pumping me up. Because uh, <laughs> I, I, so funny enough, Nathan, that you mentioned poker is that I've been, I'm a, I actually, that's kind of mostly my, been my profession for the past 15 years is playing poker. Right. And I literally logged on to Virtue Poker last week to check it out. Awesome. Um, it didn't seem like there were many players there yet, but uh, I'll definitely be keeping an eye on it. But yeah poker i've been a gamer all my life i played magic cards played you know nintendo and stuff oh, so 
just hearing all of this is just like, you know, music to my ears, I guess. And, and it really, and I also want to kind of go back to the blockchain game Alliance and we can, we're going to start wrapping up, but uh, I have a question. What would you say the mission statement of the blockchain game Alliance is? Yes. So broadly speaking, the mission statement is to uh, help increase the awareness around the blockchain technology towards uh, making traditional video games companies adopt it and start building games in a new way that use not only non-fungible tokens, but also uh, includes more decentralization. That, I think, is a broad goal. More specifically, my role as president is also to provide true value to any uh, founders and their business, because at the end of the day, those are video games that are founders running startups and video games company for most of them that need to find users, need to find revenue, need to find business opportunities, networking opportunities. And and that's what I'm trying to provide on the day-to-day basis, uh, making it relevant to be part of the alliance and create uh, knowledge sharing, uh, new opportunity, bringing more awareness and visibility to all the members. And um, so far, it, I think it's working pretty well. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check it out and you know see what's going on there. Now, I have one last question for both of you. Curious, like, what are some of the favorite games that you play? Like, you know, just I assume if you're in the gaming space, you probably play some games some time to time and not blockchain based games, just just good quality, you know, video games. What, what games do you play? I played World of Warcraft a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah, I also played uh, Counter Strike as a other competitive level also and i've started recently Sick. league of legends so i'm a total new but uh, still loving it uh love to <laughs> so a bit different from uh what we're building but uh, still having a lot of fun at gaming also super smash bros of course anyway oh yeah so just the whole yeah i mean those are basically all esports i mean world of warcraft is i grew up playing poker online but then all my friends who were like, so I was like 21, 22, all my friends who were like 15 to like 18, because like, it, it was friends through magic. All they were doing was playing World of Warcraft, like like mm-hmm. while and they didn't care about poker. They were playing World of Warcraft. I know World of Warcraft, great game. I've never played it really, but yeah, I know it's fantastic. Awesome game. Yeah. And Sebastian? Yes, yes. Your... Uh, very similar. Like, uh, of course, Counter-Strike, I spent summers, di- days and nights playing it. World of uh, Warcraft 3, Warcraft 2. I'm mm-hmm. old enough yes. to have played the original Final Fantasy and finished it. And the 8, and the 9, <laughs> and the 10, and even the, the, the 1 and 2 and 3 and 4 before as well. Um, <laughs> I used to be running like one of the LAN gaming club in my engineering school and we made popular, uh, we even brought new games uh, to popularity like Trackmania and and, and, um, other um, FPS. Uh, And uh, yeah, now more recently, because I've been also co-founder and CEO of a mobile game company, Pixel, I've been playing mostly and benchmarking like literally hundreds of free-to-play games from uh, city builders, strategy, uh, and more. That's awesome. So you've always had a knack for kind of wanting to see it like the, like the, you've always had a vision for gaming or, or bringing things kind of up to the mainstream, I guess, to some extent. 
you know, if you're, you have an alliance and you're, you know, you also were part of like a, a land gaming club. So that, that's pretty cool. Thank you. Yeah. I'm really happy that both you came on. This has been uh, pretty cool. I'm pumped for the sandbox. I'm curious if either of you want to kind of promote, I mean, obviously promote sandbox, but uh, if there's anything else like, you know, your, your socials or whatever, let me know. I can do um, that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you can go on our website, sandbox.game. Uh, you, you'll see all the products we've mentioned, the Vox Edit, also the uh, the map of the previous, uh, you know, sales and the map of the metaverse. And you'll find there all the links to the social uh, medias that we have. And we have like a, a, a cool Discord channel where our community interact a lot. And yeah, you can subscribe to our newsletter where we send all the, you know, the information. And you'll find all the info you need. Awesome. And there's something quite fun going on at the moment. So we have had a global Vox Edit contest, meaning like we've literally had over 200 submissions from artists around the world making 3D models based uh, on a specific um, competition theme. And we are in the last uh, selection round of finalists. So there's 25 that are uh, displayed on our forum and our social media, and it's up to the public for voting. And also among the people who participate in voting, there will be some that will earn a lens as part of the reward for contributing. So go check it out. See all the amazing 3D models made by those artists and help choose who will be the winner. Oh, that's, that sounds pretty cool. I will check that out. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Appreciate it. Hope to see where the sandbox goes and, and the future that lies ahead for it. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, Adam. And yes. thank you everyone for listening. Thank you so much for having us, Adam. Yeah, no problem. Have a good day. You too. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.